it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold On, I'm Talking, Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos versus Fazeev review. And we'll also do a preview of Brian Ortega versus the Yair Rodriguez Fight Night uh, upcoming this Saturday. Tom Ballum, you are back to uh, break down this card that we just watched this past Saturday. Uh, Tumescent with excitement, as you were before we started recording. Uh, I hope you've calmed down a bit. Um, what was your main takeaway from this fight night card? Uh, main takeaway from this fight night card? Well, of course, we have the headline event, which we're going to get into in a moment. Um, I guess the, the theme is kind of like the new guard coming through. Yeah. Um, that is the, the most salient thing to come out of this card. I have to say, though, Joe, I knew I'd be coming on the mic here on Wednesday. We promised the listeners we would be back. And... Um, the other thing that this card made me realise is that I need to read the news because for me, it's a little bit light here, Joe. Not super interesting. It's not a 10 for me. How did you feel about it? Oh, this card? Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was watchable. It was, very, it was very watchable. The main event, I thought, was very good, interesting. Let, let's, let's start right there, Joe. Let's get into that main event. All right, then let's go straight into it. That main event, um, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev, uh finishes, quite surprisingly in my mind, with a fifth-round uh, knockout for Fiziev over RDA. Um, Tom, leading up into that fifth round, how did you feel the momentum of that fight had gone? Uh, I see there's some diverging opinions um, on hold on, I'm talking... Brother, we aim to converge in a beautiful symmetry. Um, yeah. I had it three rounds to one for Fazeev. The first three rounds going to Fazeev, though. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Beautiful symmetry. Beautiful symmetry, indeed. Um, I've got to say, I was pretty shocked, actually, by that knockout at the end. I, th- I felt like that fourth round had gone in a way to RDA, where he finally, finally got Fazeev down, who, by the way, demonstrated superb takedown defense. Um, he finally, finally got him down and then proceeded to be able to do nothing with it. Uh, it seems like RDA knew that he couldn't really hang with Fazeev on the feet and we saw that quite a lot. Fazeev, I thought his combos were really well, like, measured. Like, he'd never, he didn't spam anything and he always ended, I thought it was quite, I don't know if you noticed this, he ended everything with, like, a left hook to RDA, either to the body or the head. Um... And RDA finally got something going. He had like a flying knee followed by like a double jab in that fourth round. Finally got him with the takedown. You're thinking, okay, RDA's turned this on now. He's going to have to try and really pour, empty the jug here in the fifth. He's going to have to go for it. And then Fazeev just shuts him down. Uh, my one note here is, uh, what is, I just put what with an exclamation mark and a, uh, and a question mark. Um, what a finish. Yeah, really, really good stuff from Fazeev showing that he carries that threat deep. Uh, deep into the fight. I mean, if you show somebody a clip of that um, and you ask them when in the fight did that happen, I think a lot of think people would think with the speed that he was yeah. able to execute that and and kind of the crispness um, that it must be like an early fight kind of kind of knockdown. Yeah. And of course, it was late in the fight, as you say, having withstood 
uh, RDA's kind of wrestling onslaught, which finally did get some something in the fourth. Uh, mm. Yeah, huge result there for, for Zeev. Were there, were there any questions about the stoppage, Joe? Yeah, there was initially for me, and then I saw the replay where Fazeev knocked him down and then he landed... Because it felt like a bit quick, didn't it, the finish initially? And then you had that replay from the other angle where you saw Fazeev land that punch on a downed RDA and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, he was right to stop that. Um, uh, yeah, 100%. I've just um, I've just put a little a gif in there, or, or a gif, depending on your orientation. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, that's the one that really swung it for me. Initially, i got to say, I, I, I wasn't outraged. I wasn't out of my chair. I wasn't screaming. As I say, I felt like Fazeev was kind of working his way towards winning the fight anyway. But I've just put a, a gift there yeah. from that angle for Joe to see. There's no questions, yeah. are there, Joe? No, RDA, no, no. That's, that's, eyes in that's the back the of the head, arms by the side. Yeah. He's gone to Jesus at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> good good yeah. stoppage. It, it was, yeah, it was one of those as well where... It does make you realise you don't need to see a guy take an extra 10 shots and be really laid out, you know, to the point where, you know, he's having to be properly resuscitated to come back to us. Like, don't need that. Um, but statement win for Fazeev. Absolutely. Statement win. He passed, statement win. The, passed the Dos Anjos test um, with flying colours. I mean, he finished him in the fifth. He was winning the fight up to that point. Great stuff. Really yeah. did show off good, good takedown defence, which... Probably he's going to need now he's entered the the big time. Yeah, uh, UFC have putting him up to seventh now, seventh in the rankings with uh, with Dos Anjos. Yeah, well seventh that's up from ten. Uh, Dos Anjos himself has only dropped down one. He's still to in eight. the top ten. Yeah, not sure how about. Is that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's happened, Joe. It's, for some reason, Tony Ferguson's taken a beating in the rankings as as well here. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's down to a. He's dropped out the top ten, down to eleven. Sarukian moving on up to ten. Uh, oh, Gamrot at brilliant. nine behind RDA, and that rounds out the top ten there. Uh, Fazeev, he wants Gaethje. What do you think, Joe? Uh, yes, please. That that's please. what. I, that that's, that is what I want to see. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's um, he is a real nuisance i think for someone like gaichi i feel like the poirier fight would be a lot more difficult for Z- for fazeev I, th- I, th- I think poirier is a more measured striker than gaichi you know he doesn't just go wading in with you know the same sort of combinations and you saw that in the Oliveira gaichi fight when gaichi just swarmed him and kept going and was absolutely swinging for the fences and Oliveira just rode it out and just you know, in a weird way, took his time in a one-round finish, if, if that makes sense. Like, he, di- he didn't, like, have to, like, bum-rush him. And I feel like Fazeev would probably do the same thing. Um, Joe, Joe I, got, I got a little bit of an alternative perspective there, actually. Um, see, I feel like the Gaethje that we've got right now, who, who's certainly more measured, more a technical striker, less of a kind of walk-you-down and swang with you kind of guy, the guy who mm. first came into the UFC. I actually feel like this new Gaethje would have would have more problems with um, with Fazeev. Mm. So, so what I'm saying, if you're going to engage in a technical striking matchup, then uh, then Fazeev is not no. the one. No, because that man, uh, well, he really excels in that department, and nobody can nobody can strike quite like him I feel like no. Gaethje's best route to success if they do meet up is really to try to drag Fazeev into a brawl I mean Gaethje can take shots Joe 
Sure, sure, but I think you've got to get, it, get basing, in his I'm face. Ba- I'm basing it off of that Oliveira fight, where I feel like Gaethje kind of went to the old version of himself. Like it wasn't the sort of measured guy who just absolutely mullered Ferguson, you know, who like basically timed Chandler as well. Like, but you know, took his time to get there. He was just like, I'm going to absolutely clobber this guy and get him out of there. And it's like, maybe that would be better against Fazeev. Yeah, I don't think I you want to. Th- I don't. You don't want to give Fazeev room to work, do you? You don't want to stand kind of in the pocket or <laughs> or just no. outside of range with Fazeev. I think he's going to best most people in that department. Well, you saw that in the Bobby Green fight, didn't you? That when Green started putting it on him, you know, in that third round as well, he, you know, he outstruck Fazeev and was uh, giving him a lot of problems. And it actually made some people think like, oh, maybe Fazeev doesn't have the cardio for the for these sorts of uh, fights, where it's like, obviously we saw on Saturday he does. Um, also, I just don't think Gaethje has the variety of attack to really bother Fazeev. I'm talking mostly about the kicking game, because he does throw mostly low leg kicks, and it's like, this is a guy who was a Muay Thai world champion. He's going to know how to check a leg kick. And actually, I thought Dos Anjos did something very good in this fight where you know Fiziev does that sort of matrix lean to get out of the way of like the head kick but Dos Anjos didn't throw any head kicks he just threw to the body instead so he's sort of leaning back and he's just throwing to the body he's not going near the head like that I thought it was a, a good game plan from RDA in that sense well that that is one game plan to deal with Fiziev's uh, lean back so what we're talking about here listeners is you know when when he is standing in that range um uh Fiziev, he likes to really lean back which can, traditionally would be a big risk uh, yeah you know because you're then you're vulnerable if somebody does catch you at the end of a strike turns your jaw that normally shuts the lights off but for has been making it work Connor mm. he's got a solution for that Joe <laughs> have you seen this this is, it was insane it was insane do you want to read the tweet out have you got it there or I um... haven't got it I haven't got it in front of me no I, but I know I've got, I, know I, involved... I remember what he said oh excellent so someone um, posted a uh, compilation of Fazeev striking with the sort of lean back Muay Thai thing as Tom's just described and Connor said what you should do is you should uh, in the middle of throwing that head kick in the middle of throwing a you know incredibly difficult technique switch up to an axe kick which is a vertical up down kick instead of like a sort of I don't know looping sort of arc left to right kick so you come down kind of 12 to 6 directly down Yeah. yeah which is I think physically impossible. Uh, and Joe, Joe, what it is is told amazing. So. I want I want to see it, Joe. That's what. I want. <laughs> can you can you imagine like if that reality could unfold where Fazeev is leaning back and there's an axe kick coming down onto him, yeah. e- execution style. Uh, don't don't see it myself, Joe. Yeah, you'd have to literally pause what you're doing on one leg and then change your motion in one leg. That's yeah. Uh, that's I don't think that's no not going to happen and Fiziev told Connor as such uh, with a very funny tweet where he said maybe you should come out and train with us and we can demonstrate why that's not possible um, to which uh, Connor then politely uh, declined the offer um, Fiziev Connor any interest no yeah me too um, <laughs> now RDA let's talk about him very uh, briefly we don't tend to look backwards on hold on talking brother we're we're more of like let's push forward into the future but let's show a little bit of respect here to rda a man who will literally fight anyone at any time this is the end of rda now isn't it 37 years old 
in the lightweight division ranks for at quite a high level high number i should say which is very much questionable maybe out of politeness more than anything else um he's not getting to the title now after this is he like he's got three four fights in a row he's 38 in october joe i'm gonna make a new rule for hold on i'm talking brother you you heard it here first this is also for the wider wider twitter sphere i'm sure everyone get get on board with this uh the words rda and title can no longer be matched in the same (laughs) sentence i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear about one last run i don't want to hear any of that stuff he's gone He's gone. He's yeah. not. He's not in that top ten. Uh, in the rankings, you've still got Gamrot, Sarukian, Jalen Turner, Ismagulov, and Kutatiladze ranked behind him. These guys are all way more likely to win a title than RDA. So, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, we have kind of eulogised on uh, RDA before. Of course, he has been in there with everyone, and he's given pretty much everyone a good a good test. He's been a good matchup, but yeah. ultimately, in recent years. He has lost a lot of fights to the best in the sport, and uh, you know it's just it's just time time to fight uh, yeah, down. And, and think about his last two wins as well. His last two wins as well was against Paul Felder on five days' notice when he was training training for a triathlon, and Hanata Moicano after flying back to Brazil from a fight two weeks before. After uh, who pulled out? Oh, it was Fazeev who pulled out, and then flying back to the US for a five round fight where he got absolutely mollywops. Um, I mean, that was a real banana skin for Moicano. So, of course, to San just he does still carry that threat. You don't take a fight with RDA lightly. Yeah, but... He's not an easy mark, but... No, but this is a Moicano who Fazeev had knocked out at this stage. It, it, it was just, you know... RDA, he's... You know what? He's a, he's a good test for getting into the rankings. And if you can't get past him, you probably shouldn't be ranked. But, as you said, title contender no more. Right, let's talk about the rest of this card uh, very quickly. Um, should we talk about the co-main very briefly? Kyle Barajo defeats Armin Petrosian by controlling him on the ground? Well, yeah, I think that's a little bit dismissive. He, he, of course, that is how he won without getting yeah. much damage off, uh, especially because the strikes first... landed. Yeah, yeah, In I mean, that's a, that's a damning statistic. Damning statistic. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to argue against that. Look, I mean, actually, I have to be honest with you here, Joe. We we both came in uh, when we looked briefly ahead to this fight, and Petrosian's the one who's had the greater hype. Mm. Um, Baralho has certainly stolen all of that. He's shown the limitations of Petrosian's game. I mean, Petrosian was never in the fight, so good yeah. stuff from Baralho there. Yeah, and, I, and to be honest, I don't blame Baralho for taking that approach. Like, I need to get the win. She needs to get through this and move on to better, uh, more exciting matchups, for which there are plenty at 185 for him. Um, I don't particularly want to see him fight an up-and-comer, one of our boys, you know, a Buckley, a Curtis just yet, or a uh, Duplessis or anyone like that. Give him another, give him like a, some guy who's fucking falling off. Give him a he, Uriah Hall or something. He wants Duplessis. Does he? He called out Duplessis uh, post That would fight, be a yeah. hilarious fight. <laughs> Actually, yeah, fuck it. Give me. <laughs> Didn't take much persuading. Yeah, he's picked him out. I mean, the guy now he's um from coming off the contender series where he won his two fights. He's uh he's won his other two fights now in the UFC. I mean, he's he's bubbling away. He's got something to him as well. He's, he's, of... he's, he's, he's very raw though. He's, he's very raw. raw. Yeah. There's there's no need to to rush him just yet into that rankings place. Just let him let him let him develop a little bit. 
But there are people now at 185 where I feel like maybe the UFC are trying to push these guys up through the 185 rankings a bit more so that there's some fresh meat for Adesanya or Pereja to fight, you know? Because it's, you know... Well, I can tell you right now, Pereira, he doesn't want to fight Peralho. I can tell you that, Joe. But, um, <laughs> yes! I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't want, want that. He doesn't want... He just saw what happened to his kickboxing alumni, Petrosian. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, Baralho, he announced himself a bit to me now. I'm going to be paying attention. Next time I see his name on a card, I'll uh, yeah. I'll take note. So, good for him. Good for him, indeed. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov defeats uh, Douglas uh, Silva D'Andrage by unanimous decision. A lot of spinning shit in this fight. Um, uh, unnecessarily so. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. A, it was a bit, a bit of nonsense, really. I thought from Nurmagomedov um, going down that sort of Zabit route of uh, if I just spin, people will like me, um, sort of thing. Uh, it was fine. I thought on the ground he seemed a little bit undeveloped compared to some of the other Dagestani gentlemen in this uh, organization, but. Some pretty slick striking, but weird time to be choosing. He did a weird spin kick, didn't he, when he was against the fence? That I was like, that is utterly bizarre. I kind of feel like he wasn't really taking this fight seriously. And he's got the time to go and uh, spend yeah. with with other Numagomedovs. There are elements he can yeah. develop. So, um, sure. you know, it's it's it was written, bro. He's uh, he's going to be able to wrestle when the time yeah. comes. Can we, uh, can we talk about the worst fight I've seen in a long time? Uh, e- extremely briefly, Joe. Eamon Zahabi defeats Ricky Tercios by unanimous decision. Um, Eamon Zahabi won this fight uh, by just not acting like a dickhead. Uh, Ricky Tercios with a truly awful performance. Uh, I believe Tercios has won the Ultimate Fighter. By the way, that was his. Uh, that's why he is in the UFC. Uh, such a damning indictment of that program, the fact that the, that he uh, what, got through. What, what, should we talk about his performance very quickly here? Um, well, Joe, I was going to say, you know, we're talking about damning indictment of the Ultimate Fighter. I feel like giving these guys too much airtime is also damning. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. I, I wasn't impressed yeah. at all here. Tursios was, was bizarre, wasn't it? Like, he kept doing the foot stamp, you know, uh, what's it called? The fucking Bruce Lee... Hiya, bollocks, you know, that he was doing. He did that the entire fight. And so Harvey kind of looked at him a bit like, this is this is weird. And then he was just like, I don't know, he'll come in and I'll just jab him. And then uh, the fight ended. Tercios lost and he seemed upset about it for some reason. So uh, anyway, onwards and upwards. Yeah, poor, poor show there, poor show. Should we talk about Michael Johnson very quickly? He lost a split decision to Jamie Malarkey. Um that's proving that Jamie Malarkey will not be a world champion because he has defeated Michael Johnson. Um, <laughs> just uh, a good, good, good brawl. Good brawl, I think. There were some decent moments in here. Johnson um, Johnson with a takedown, which I thought was uh, quite something. Personally, I had Johnson winning this fight. Me, me too, Joe. That was the, the most notable thing here for me. I thought Johnson was, was robbed a little bit. It seems harsh. I don't know. I don't know. He's got such a strange trajectory, Michael Johnson. After yeah. the um, second round, I was like, oh, God, here we go again. He's going to go and lose to inferior competition. Like, this yeah. is this is his story. But did enough in the third then to come back and win that round for me. And then when he actually lost it, I thought that was the perfect kind of yes. <laughs> conclusion. You know, that yeah. is his career. But we, we like him in the SC, Michael yeah, Johnson. Keep That's a place for you. Keep it around. Yeah, 
for sure, for sure. Just keep J- having fun fights. Jamie Malarkey, Joe, how high can he go? I mean, I think he, I think this, I think he's reached his Everest now, hasn't he? He's defeated uh, Michael Johnson. I tried to keep a straight face um, yeah, when I, I asked that question. Just... I he's done it. He's he's reached the peak. Retire now, Jamie. Well done. Yeah, he's yeah. Not much more can happen for him on this. Uh, I don't want to talk about anything else on the rest of this card uh, on the prelims because don't want to. Uh, right. Anyway, should we? Uh, let's move on, Tom. To uh, what are we going to talk about? Tom, do you have some trivia for me? I do, Joe. I do. Um, Go on. So, well, you know, in the in the absence of some really great fights, which let's be honest, we didn't really get at it this um, this Saturday. It, it leaves the true MMA fan to contemplate the, the bigger things, Joe. Of course. The things that really matter. So, Joe, <laughs> uh, which country has the most... UFC champions yeah per capita <laughs> what <laughs> per capita per capita okay well I'm guessing I'm guessing the US has the most champions and then it's probably Brazil yeah this also includes interim champions by the way um, and well I'm guessing the US then uh, the US has 57 champions. Are you sure that's enough to win by per capita rankings? Per capita. I'm trying to think about the other countries that have won titles. So I'm looking at Brazil. What would be third after that? Because there's not... There's a lot of countries that have, like, one. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not... Oh, wait, hold on. What's the smallest country, then, that's had now you're, champion? Now you're on, you're on to it, Joe. Here we go. The um, togs are churning. This guy is was gonna... this guy did have a bit of a story in the UFC as well. You you will I think you'll remember who it is when I tell you. Okay. Um he did have a bit of a story in the UFC. It's probably coming from a small country. I'm really trying to get this. I can't I, it's it's actually painful for me right, All right now Joe, to what, even what? say this. Go on. Save me. He's here. called Conor McGregor and he comes from Ireland, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was so... thinking Adesanya. I was thinking Adesanya at first, but yeah. Well, Adesanya, of course, Adesanya, I think he chose to represent Nigeria. Um, Ah, You might have been okay if he stuck with New Zealand. So, yeah, it's um, it's Conor McGregor for Ireland. And then USA, uh, number two, they've got uh, a lot of champions. It works out at 5.8 million per UFC champion. And in third place is Kyrgyzstan, thanks to Valentina Shevchenko. Ah. Uh, and I think on that note, you look towards Central Asia, uh, you think about all of the kind of ex-Soviet states there. I think that's yeah. where the next decade lies, isn't it, Joe? For sure, yeah. And we're seeing it now in the rankings, aren't we? Particularly at like, lightweight, where these guys are coming through. Did you, By the way, did you hear the story about um, Fazeev's first ever amateur fight, uh, Muay Thai amateur fight? He had uh, his first amateur Muay Thai fight when he was 12 years old against uh, an 18-year-old. Um, that he won, and the referee for that match was an 18-year-old Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> and uh, apparently, uh, they uh, got stuck in a clinch and they refused to let go, and Shevchenko fish-hooked uh, Fiziev to get him off of his opponent. Uh, Fiziev then went on to win the decision fight against uh, his opponent. So yes, quite something there for Fiziev, uh, for, for the Fiziev origin story. I can barely get it out. But we got it there in the end. Um, Tom, 
this Saturday, Awuga, for the hearts of Mexico in the finite main event, we have got Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez. Yair Ro- Rodriguez this week, by the way, coming out saying, if I win this fight, I get a title shot. To which I say, that is number one bullshit, brother. <laughs> I am not having that at all. That's bollocks, isn't it? That's bollocks, Joe. Yeah, that, he just got beat by Holloway just a few months ago. And pretty conclusively as well. Like, it, was, it wasn't particularly close. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that was surprising is it wasn't a total demolition job. He did hang in there on the feet, at least with Holloway. Holloway having to kind of take him down to get there. Uh, mm. But, he's yeah, he's not near a title shot. But this is the problem, you know, with the with the featherweight division right now. Um, for me, it's mm. Emmett or Arnold Allen. You know, I yeah. guess Ortega or Rodriguez with a real consequential win here with like a big statement victory. Maybe match them up and the next one can go and fight for But these two, should, these two shouldn't be facing each other now though, should they? Probably not. I think they should both be fighting down, further down. One of them should be... I mean, if we're going to go down this road, maybe Rodriguez should be fighting Allen. Yeah, like, I realistically. So I, I, think, I think that's it. I think Emmett should, should fight um, Ortega in that case. Yeah. It, it's it, it's just bizarre matchmaking, I guess. I mean, the UFC does seem to like Brian Ortega. I know that you were actually, uh, at least in the past, a big Brian Ortega hey, fan. Hey, whoa, you... whoa, let's just get this clear. I, I, let's just get this clear. I, I don't want to be associated with the character that he's since gone on to develop. This weird, like, like I don't know, like, douchey arrogance that's, that's <laughs> evolved in him. That makes me uncomfortable. But, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it does. There are like there are moments when I like buy into it, but it's just it's too much. It's like it seems a bit contrived to me. Oh, fair um, enough. Yeah, but I think the guy is absolutely legitimate. I mean, he's had some amazing stoppages in the UFC. Um, he's definitely proved his metal and his heart. Uh, man can take a beating. I, uh, <laughs> We've seen that against Volkanovski and and Holloway. Uh, I'm I'm high on I, him, Joe. I think he's a great fighter. I think that his record reads a lot better than it what it actually is in a way you know he had a lot of last second submission wins to Joe, like get do him, you get remember do you remember korean zombie versus ortega yeah i remember i remember zombie that ortega. was sensational the jiu-jitsu specialist came out with a totally evolved striking game he was landing beautiful spinning back fist everything was working for him that night uh, he's also had the knockout over Frankie Edgar, and of course, like the jumping guillotine on, um, on Cub Swanson. On Cub Swanson, these were huge moments for me. So I think I think at fifteen and two, the guy is you know he's right there. It's, it's yeah, just, it's, but I he guess, has uh, been he's, he's been totally demolished by both Holloway and Volkanovski. I'm just remembering like the Clay Guida fight, like where Guida was like kind of dominating him, and then he had to turn it around in the third to get the finish. The Moicano fight. Where again, guillotine choke that you had to sort of like snatch to try and get Moicano out there after Moicano was winning the Joe, Diego Brandao like, fight. Joe, he, he's I had a love couple. That shit. I, I love that though. Like, isn't that an amazing fight where you've got a guy who really carries that heavy threat all the way through and has, has done, you know, he's a clutch fighter, he's done what he needs to where, where he needs I to. I guess. What, 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 look, like, just to establish my feelings on Ortega here, I, like, I don't think the guy's going to be a champion. No, not not in this division. But I think he's an amazing, amazing guy on the roster who provides a pretty unique kind of challenge. So, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, I, it's just, it's hard for me now to remove him from those two title fight defeats, 
where it was so comprehensive and it's like all right let's say Ortega wins on Saturday which I think he can do um and in fact I may even favor him that for that based mostly off of how Rodriguez fights um he shouldn't be getting a title shot, should he? I mean, he certainly should be getting a title shot. But I also, I also favour him. I mean, I place Rodriguez in the same category, by the way, where he's a really interesting guy on the roster. Um, again, had some huge highlights, mm. but his, you know, his record actually in hindsight isn't that great. And um, also, um, his style, I think, he, I mean, because he's got such a kick-heavy style. If and some of his kicks where he doesn't land them or get close to them, something really wild. He does sometimes like risk. fall over, yeah, fall over, and then like don't what? be doing don't be doing that with Brian Ortega, Joe. Exactly, you want to be keeping this, you know, keep your limbs to yourself. Yeah, you want this to be basically a boxing match, don't you? You know, you want to keep your limb, you know, like your feet planted. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I don't see this working out well for Rodriguez personally. But you know, my picks on the last fight night card were horrendous, so I don't know how much you should really. Uh, uh, pay much attention to what I say. Um, should we talk about the rest of this card quickly? Uh, Michelle Watson, Amanda Lemos, pass. Uh, the Leech is back. Hell yes, against Muslim Salikov. That is a banging fight. Yeah, he, he lives again, rides again after that last <laughs> loss to, uh, to Hamza. Hamza, Hamza yeah. Uh, he, it's good to see him back. Yeah, I mean, he's a willing guy. He's a willing guy. He's always shown a lot of respect. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, hard to get excited about Salikov now at 38 coming in. I don't know. Oh, man, this, this is going to be banging. Uh, then we got Shane Burgos versus Charles Jourdain. That is going to be that's going to be a ripper right there. You know that's going to own. Yeah, now now we're talking. I'm really uh, rooting for Shane Burgos here. I hope he can get some momentum back because another yeah. guy who really offers something. He's always he always produces a good fight. Now, when you hear when you hear that, you know, that somebody's down to scrap and you yeah, know, yeah, they yeah. give you. It kind of suggests this guy's a bit of a journeyman. He's washed. You know, yes. it's like whenever you introduce someone as a brawler, it's like, oh lord, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, guy's yeah, got exactly. some scar tissue that's going to open up. But of course, he yeah. isn't there yet. All right, <laughs> he isn't there. He's he's a very crisp technical striker. He just happens to be able to take them on the chin like no one else, and and gets this kind of Cody Garbrandt red haze while he's doing yeah. it. I, I I really hope he can get the win over Jordan here and and, and get back on track. Yeah, I mean, the guys that he's lost to is, you know, Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, and Edson Barbosa. I mean, the Barbosa one was terrifying, but that weird delayed knockout that happened. But he had that cracking fight against Billy Quarantillo on the uh, Usman Covington 2 card, which sadly was overshadowed by Gaethje Chandler that just went out just before them and sort of uh, stole the show. Um, but Burgos... Yeah, I th- I'm I'm rooting for him in this fight. I really want him to sort of start climbing up the rankings because he's a real test. You know, really puts it on people. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you've also just, got... Just, just let me uh, ask one quick question there, Joe. Go on. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez versus Shane Burgos. Who you got? Oh, maybe Rodriguez. Ortega versus Burgos. Oh. Are you so, Burgos? Yeah, well, these are the questions that I want to have answered before you have Yair or Ortega talking about title fights. Yeah, you know, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's a good point to be made. I mean, where's Burgos in the rankings? What was he, like 12, 13, something along those lines? Uh, right now, Joe, he is... Uh, he's at 14. Okay. He's uh, got Illa Tapuria breathing on his shoulder, so... Oh, Jesus. 
Christ. Watch I out. mean, Tapuri, I think, has moved up to lightweight now, officially, um, which is uh, be interesting to see, particularly if he can fill out a little bit, um, Tapuria. But personally, I'd like to see Tapuria make the move back down to featherweight and just sort of try and push himself as far as he can there before moving up. Uh, on the prelims of this card, by the way, I'm skipping over fights I'm not particularly bothered about talking about. Um, we have got Ricky Simone versus Jack Shaw. Uh, that's on the prelims of this card, which is insane. Um, this is, I mean, uh, Simone's ranked 13 and Shaw 14 in the bantamweight division. That means they are absolute killers, Joe. That's what yeah. that means. If you're ranked <laughs> yeah. at bantamweight, holy shit, you can throw hands. Yeah. So unbelievable to me that this is on the on the prelims. Uh, these two are. Uh, these two I'm, are Joe, real dark horses. What I'm saying here is, it's not even headlining the prelims. Is that for real? Is this yeah. official? Pu- yeah, Puna Soriano and uh, Dalcha. Go on. <laughs> no, no, Jay, you got it, mate. You got it. Lungiambula. Uh, that's it. Um, that's headlining it. That'll be a banger. But yeah, this, Ricky this, Simone Shaw should have been. Yeah, this blows my mind. This should be on the main card. This this should be the that's co-main the co main. What, what the fuck's going on? This should be the co main event of, of the main cards, like not the fucking prelims. Interestingly, a note on this uh, Simone versus Jack Shaw card. Ricky Simone, he's down to thirteenth now in the rankings. He's been he's been dropping on the way in here to make way for Sean O'Malley after his non contest, going up to twelve. What? Yep, there's some shenanigans going on in there, Joe. So it's thirteen did, versus wait, hold fourteen. On. Where's uh, Where's Munoz in the rankings? What's happened to him? Munoz ranking? is ninth. He's not changed. Good. Yeah. Good. That's a bit sneakier, that, trying to get, like, O'Malley up. Wait, then, does that mean the winner of this, then, will move above O'Malley? Because they're fucking better. They're absolutely um, better. They are, and Munoz as well, for that matter. Um, if, if Jack Shaw beats Simone, that's more impressive than any O'Malley win, isn't it? A hundred percent. And this would put him at 17-0. and 0. I mean, he's coming. Who do you favour here, Joe? And, watch, oh. and is there anything that the uh, listeners should watch out for? I mean, Ricky respects? Simone has very much high-volume takedown offence. He's got a monstrous back on him, Joe. Yeah, he's that's a wide man for that that's division. He's crazy. He's, he's big. He's a big lad. Um, I think Shaw, um, particularly in his last fight, which was against oh, bugger, who was it that he faced in his last fight? Have you got it there in front of you? Yeah, I have, Joe. He beat Valiev. Yes, Timur Valiev. That was, yes, he, it was the Dagestani wrestler test, wasn't it, that he passed? That's it. Um, he did um, faint and then actually throw a lot of uppercuts in that fight. And I think you might see that again here against Simone. Simone, though, um, has uh, taken to the Team Alpha Male approach of fainting the takedown with a massive right overhand behind it, uh, which is always fun to look at, uh, which I think Shaw will probably have scouted. I'm leaning towards Shaw because, you know, I want the UK fighters to do well. I'm going to be completely honest i think we're, we're united in that front joe we do have a home bias let's go jack Shaw. big test yeah. here big test here yeah big test indeed but we're big ricky simone fans as well we do like a bit of uh, ricky now, little, little little bit of harbinger of uh you know a little bit of harbinger of doom here for ricky simone the last guy that jack Shaw beat timur valiev a man that we yeah. were both pretty pretty fond of he's been cut now joe has he he's gone no more timur valiev get you lose to jack Shaw, you're out Jesus, what, wait, hold on. Had had he lost quite a few fights in a row, Valiev? Uh, no, he had not. <laughs> he absolutely oh. had not. Uh, in fact, his fight before that was beating Barcelos, um, and before that, hold on, he he's beat... lost. He lost three fights in his entire career. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, so he, must have, he must have pissed someone off. 
he must have annoyed someone. Maybe he's got some. He, he, he is, of course, Dagestani. Maybe there's some pro pro war stuff. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. Maybe. But he, he's Maybe. gone. Joe, the, the thing is, 18 and 3 at Bantamweight, that's just a middling record. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, isn't it? It's true. That's, that's, there that's, are some, a, that's a really good point. Some killers out there, Joe. Anything else on this uh, card you want to preview? Um. I, I, I just want to shout out um, the, what's it, Matt Schnell. This is uh, Suma Deji. Suma Deji. Again, apologies for the uh, pronunciation. Flyweight. That'll be banging. Yeah, we don't want to lose the don't want to lose the Tibetan uh, listeners there, Joe. <laughs> but, so if anyone can correct us, please, please email yeah, please in. Please do. Please do. Always happy to be corrected on that sort of thing. And then, of course, the fight that we missed uh, so uh, so much on the pay per view, the nice pay per view, Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. Uh, apparently, for Misha Tate, a number one contenders fight. So let's go, Lauren Murphy. Um, I, t- I don't need. To, I don't need to see Misha Tate versus Shevchenko. That's that's a load of nonsense, in my opinion. Um, right. Let's talk about the news. And there's one news item I particularly want to talk about. Next week is UFC London two for 2022. They are back literally four months after the last one and some good news depending on your point of view darren till is out of his fight against jack hermanson and stepping in on three weeks notice is chris curtis now let's talk about this chris curtis in 2019 retired from mma he's fighting in the lfa wasn't going anywhere was unhappy with how it was going and he thought i'm not going to make a career out of this gets his shot on the contender series and now is in the UFC and is fucking making the most of it. And I've got to say, fair play to Chris Curtis. And also, if he beats Hermanson, he has to go straight into the top 10, doesn't he? It's middleweight. I mean, this is an incredible story, Joe. Great job previewing it there. Uh, the man has won his three fights here in the UFC, beating Brendan Allen, Bill Hawes, oh. and of course, last time out, Rodolfo Vieira. Now that Phil Hawes win, that's really aging very, very well now. Yeah. Um, he's gone eight and zero, Chris Curtis, from that pivotal moment back in the PFL. So he's definitely uh, a fighter that does major props all around. Seems to be a very nice guy, and um, yeah, credit to him for stepping in here. It is a winnable fight against Hermanson, is it not? Yeah, Hermanson. He like kind of Vieira. I think. I mean, I think Hermanson. Hermanson had this moment a few years ago where it's like oh could this guy become like a bit of a dark horse at middleweight you know he's got some really interesting grappling you know his jiu-jitsu is like you know really advanced but he just cannot take anyone down and you saw that in the Vieira Curtis fight was that Vieira was spamming these takedowns and Curtis absolutely squashed all of them and you've seen this before with Hermanson Goes since that first round, can't take anyone down, gets frustrated, and then st- starts like his striking becomes ragged and loose. And I think Chris Curtis knows this and will ride out that first round as best he can, knowing that from the second and third round he'll be able to p- possibly take over against Hermanson. Yeah, and good. also, Curtis, Curtis has that knockout power in his hands, whereas Hermanson doesn't really. Good test for Curtis here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, massively so, massively so. Um. What else is there to talk about in the news? Nothing much, really. Tom, well, do you want to uh, wrap us up here? What, what have you got for us? Yeah, Joe, I was going to bring a few more news items there. Sorry, Ed. do you have to go, Joe? No, 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 not at all. Te- not teasing, at all. teasing the listeners there, You're making a lot of people <laughs> sad. 
Um, a faint from holding on talking, brother. Mm. So, I mean, Usman, he's been making news this week about going up to light heavyweight, squared up with Jan Blachowicz. Is that for real? Um, no. No, that's, that's not going to happen. What do you make I, of this, Joe? I, well, okay. Uh, what are the light, look at the light heavyweight rankings right now, if you've got them in front of you. I've got them in front is of there me, any, yeah. Is there anyone there that you think Usman can beat? That is... Uh, that's a hell of a question. How big can Usman get? How how much I, juice wh- can he inflate himself <laughs> before the fight? Well, I watched an interview uh, yesterday with Michael Chiesa, who is you know, a welterweight and is a big welterweight. Um, apparently, he walks around at about 203, Chiesa. And I would say Chiesa's a bigger man than Usman, so I don't think Usman can get up to that level maybe i don't know it's it's a weird one isn't it i don't i mean look i I like the guy is for me as i say he's the pound for one number one right now no Uh, volkanovsky for me now yeah yeah you you've been you've been out there with that with that feeling i mean i mean i'm not i'm not gonna fight you on it we talked about it last week they're very close um now, now that of course does mean that usman's got some credit in the bank if it's for real i'm curious uh but you have really Cause me to think about it a little bit there because I'm, of course, I'm looking through the through the roster here at light heavyweight. I I don't know which fight I'd want to pick if I was if, if I was if Usman. Us, if Usman had to fight Alexander Rakic, I mean, Jesus, God. I mean, how what would that physically look like? I'm, 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 I'm interested, Joe. <laughs> I mean, it's freakish the thought of it. Um, some people saying that this is Usman kind of starting to think about retiring, maybe worried about I some of these injuries. You know, we, he, got, poor guy can't run. Yeah, um, he, he only swims, doesn't he? he doesn't he, he swims, swims he and the bike. blessed elliptical seems to be uh, yeah. one for him. Um, yeah, I, I hope that's not the case because I really feel like he's cementing himself now at World How old is he? Uh, Usman now, 36? yeah, he is. He is. He is getting up there. I, um, he wants to cash out. I think. Not yet. He wants to cash out. Squeeze a few more out. What another two, three fights? You want to see the Hamzat fight, don't you? I mean, Joe. Let's let's be real. Now he blows out Leon Edwards and then finishes Chimaev. If if he blows out Leon Edwards, no. But I'm saying, like, like, let's say he rounds off his career there. He's he's up there with GSP, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I would say he's up there. I may still favour GSP overall, just for the body of work, the amount of title defences, the amount of years that he held that title compared to Usman. So, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I, I just... I mean, maybe he sees that, like, Jan, he could take Jan down. Jan does have a weird body, as we've said before, with his weird stick legs and sort of, like, very dense torso. So, and maybe height-wise, they're not that far away from each other. But I don't, I don't see that going well for Usman. Like, no, I don't, I don't see that going well at all. I mean, he got rocked by Gilbert Burns in their fight. I, how, how would that look against Blahovich or fucking Prohashka or someone like that? Like Glover Teixeira. I don't think it would go well. I just, I just want to. Uh, underline this. I mean, Usman, he's won 14 fights in the UFC. He's not lost. 
That's, that's a, insane, isn't it? That is a hell of a record. He's not yeah. been fighting bums, Joe. He's fought Leon Edwards. He's fought Sean Strickland. He's fought Damian Meyer, Dos Anjos. I mean, and then... Emil um, Meek. <laughs> some of these names are not like the others. And he beat, of course, Tyron Woodley at a time when Tyron Woodley was considered to be somehow, you know, yeah, the, the real man of the moment. That brings me on to our, our next little uh, talking point, which I wanted to go through with you here, Joe. My favourite thread here of the week in the Reddit MMA is um, mm. is like widely held perspectives that have not aged well, um, okay. and and that of course is is right up there on that list. Um, oh, what so, Woodley um, getting close to GSP? So, what widely held MMA opinions look the most stupid in, in hindsight? Number one, mm. there is uh, that Ronda Rousey could fight in the men's bantamweight division. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, what was the men's bantamweight division when she was champion? Un, was it, unrecognizable from today, Joe. Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Henan Barrow. Oh, that makes it a little bit more recognizable with two of those yeah. guys featuring very heavily. But the sport, yeah, but still though, like, like Henan Barrow. Remember when Henan Barrow was like the man, and then very quickly wasn't steepest fall know. off in MMA history. I think. Yeah, probably, probably. Anyway, number two is that um, back in 2017 that um, the likes of Colby or Usman had nothing to offer Woodley and that he w- was going to reign for a long time. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I, Joe, I think, I, like, yeah. fortunately... At the this, time, we, we said that, yeah. Well, this predates the pod. This when, was when the um, Hold On and Talking Brother was really in its infancy. I think Tony hadn't even uttered those words back then, but fortunately, and I'm, I'm not on tape, Joe, because I think I might have been one of the people saying that kind of thing. After mm. Woodley knocked out Lawler, and he looked imperious. He was the wrestler. He was the heavy striker. Yeah, he had the uh, the Darren Till finish, the Damian Meyer domination. You know, the two Wonder Boy fights. It was just like, okay, who, what's what you got left for him? And it's like thinking about Usman at that time. It's like, what a wrestle heavy guy. And it's like, well, Woodley's a wrestler. He can. You can stop those takedowns. No, uh, that didn't happen at all. What else is on that thread? Uh, that John Jones was just immature and he would later gr- grow up and become a good, <laughs> humble person. <laughs> uh, still waiting for that moment, aren't we? It's just it's never going to happen, is it, for uh, for John? He, that- he, I don't know. What, what, by the way, here's a question about John Jones. If he comes back and fights this year against Stipe, I don't. I don't think he's going to be the fighter that we think he's going to be. I. I think he's going to be maybe a bit diminished. I mean, nearly three years out of the game. Joe, I, I want that fight. I, I like. I like that. I don't like yeah. what John's doing outside of the octagon. Um, no. If he is fighting in the octagon, though, I want to see him fight Stipe Miocic. So yeah. that's all you're getting from me. There. That sounds fair enough. Great. I hope right, Stipe we'll crushes him. Really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, let's be real now. Uh, John Jones has just been abusing his partner. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. John Jones is roaming around Albuquerque with a gun. Yeah, drunk. John Jones is driving driving his car drunk. John Jones is hiding under octagons from from USADA. I mean, the guy really, really has some some serious deficits in his character and Stipe by all accounts is quite a stand-up guy so how, yeah. how can you not want Stipe to win that fight you know the, the, when I said really I was kind of like surprised that you came out with that sort of 
definite declaration at that time and i'm like obviously then when you start listening after that oh yeah he is a horrible human being yeah 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 okay fair enough um yeah anyway I mean, give, give me some more stuff on that well oh, for the listeners on. out there just on jo- well just on jones there is a mixed molly whoppery video about uh jones's trials yeah. and tribulations great watch really recommend you go out there and, and watch that and, and one part of it is when the police have pulled him over and they're going to do a sobriety test on him because they've had reports of a man ro- roaming around town shooting a gun yeah was uh, he just driving around firing it in the air from his car not according to John, uh, although they did later find casings, I believe, on the floor and the, and the gun itself. Uh, John said that when he was asked what he was up to at one o'clock um, while seemingly intoxicated in this car downtown when no one was about, when he was asked what he was up to, John replied that he was being nice to the homeless, treating them like humans. <laughs> That's a quote. Right. You know, just I mean, being nice to the homeless, treating them like humans. <laughs> like giving them the, imp- the, the the moment, the feeling where John Jones talks to them and reaffirms their humanity. I mean, do you troubling? Do you Jones. worry do you worry for John Jones post career? I worry for those close happen? close to him, Joe. Yeah. So, yeah, come on, Stephen. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Right. Oh, next one. Yeah, next one. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, so we have we got a lot of references to Tyler Woodley being the welterweight great here. Really, <laughs> that is a super steep, super steep fall off. Uh, yeah, to two defeats against a YouTuber in boxing. I mean, that's it. it, it yeah, it's, it's a bit steep in it. It's next one steep. is uh, about Askren's uh, success. I was wonder- I was wondering if Askren was going to be next, but yeah, go on. What would your hot take be here, Joe? How would you answer this question? Anything comes to what, mind at the time? Uh, that, like, yeah, a widely held MMA opinion that he w- he was going to be the guy to beat GSP. That he could have. That he could come back and defeat GSP. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> just just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> in retrospect, isn't it? Like, it's just. <sighs> bizarre bizarre turns that this sport takes the the next thing that everyone's up in arms about is uh fresh off the press today and i guess we're going to end on this one joe dana white giving out two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a youtuber who who's a friend of his uh Mm. guy who's interviewed i had to google this before the pod by the way don't know anything about this guy from the nelk nelk boys if that means anything to you nelk nelk crew something that well the or, guy or, well, nelk well is, uh, isn't that i thought that was like an animal that you get milk from <laughs> nelk joe nelk um, oh right anyway right. dana white has seen fit to uh bequeath this man two hundred and fifty thousand for his birthday uh a right. couple of the fighters are a little bit upset about this joe yeah as you might expect you got louis smolker here who i think has also just been cut from the ufc by the way um and what he's got to say here joe he's talking about this um you know when the when dana white says things like oh we'll take care of you you haven't won the bonus but we'll you know he's a good guy and we'll take care of you Mm. uh louis smolker saying here that he had that um that same story after his debut and they did indeed send him some money, although he didn't get the bonus um, because Romero was fighting Brunson that night. Oh, right. Okay. It wasn't 250000 Joe. It was ten k, which he then mm. had to go and split with his team. So he ended up with about $3,000. <laughs> For fuck's sake. 
it's just it's so grim isn't it particularly when you look at like how the ufc we talk about it always gets talked about a lot is the how the revenue is distributed 18 percent of ufc revenue goes to the fighters pay uh that's against 50 percent in most other sports in north america so yeah even the premier league as well i think is around about 50 percent right uh, here in england and it's like yeah that's kind of how it should be like that's that's about they make the product for you well they are i i I thought now joe look i love watching the best fight the best I love watch watching fighters meeting at their peaks, and I love the UFC having the power to make those fights. Now, there's a problem there in that the only reason they have that power is that you know that they have got the fighters on such a tight leash. Yeah, am I a really bad person? Like I want to see them. Of course, the pay is inequitable, but I feel mm. like if 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 they were earning a fifty percent split of the revenue. Is that in any way intertwined with that? Uh, are you are you suggesting that if they were paid more, they'd be less inclined to fight more? I think that's certainly true. Now, I don't want to put anybody past their limits. I'm not a fighter. I I can't imagine what it's like to be in camp all the time, fighting five times yeah. a year. And if I, I'm, that should not be a motivator that you need the money to do that. That's yeah. horrible. I don't want to be a proponent yeah. of that. I'm just saying we get some great fights here in the UFC. I think we'd still. This is this is the thing is that like. I think, okay. Let's say that uh, a fighter, if they fight three times a year and they win, uh, three times, let's say they earn quarter of a million. Let's say, uh, and then they have to cut that with their gym, manager, taxes, all that. If they were able to then earn a quarter of a million in one fight. They're not going to be like, well, I only have to fight once a year now. They're still going to be thinking, I can fight three times a year and earn 750000 instead. You know, and the more money that they have and the more money that they earn is the more money that they can then invest more time into training and get even better. The gyms can then invest more in themselves and make themselves even better as well. You know, I, 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 the money in of itself, I don't think would be a... Um, a a factor of making them less motivated in a way of make them more motivated because they wouldn't have to think about the outside earning potential that they'd have to then take on. Like, you know, Jeff Neal fucking fighting in the UFC and still working in a restaurant. I mean, Jeff, you know. look, look, I, there's no way I can, I'm not in the way of fighter pay. I, I can't even take that argument for kind mm. of playing, playing devil's advocate. Um, yeah. They, I mean, I, they, I just, they, need, they need health insurance. They need to be looked after. Uh, all of this is way overdone. I, we're we're in unanimous agreement. It's just we have got the specter of of boxing, uh, which is really just it's a tragedy. Hap- but that's not going to happen though here because it's one league. Like we're talking about one league here. It's not like with boxing where you've got thirty leagues and a bunch of different promoters and TV channels and all these negotiation problems and then you know trying to sell you know, the fights to different locations like you saw recently with Joshua and Usyk 2 where it fucking went to Saudi Arabia, you know, all these things. And, like, there was talk of Joshua versus Fury taking place in Shanghai because that was going to be the biggest bidder on it. You know, we're not going to have that in the UFC. The money thing is, to me, it's just a non-argument. Of It's not like back in the day where they're like, okay, we'll pay you them less and we'll do the appearance and win thing, split the money that way so that they fight harder to win. 
It's not like that anymore, you know. And then also it's been shown that you don't have to fight in the UFC to earn that money. Anthony Pettis, just now in the PFL, in his last fight, earned $750,000. In his last fight. That's a fuck of a lot of good money there. You know, I just don't think... Uh, you're 100% right, Joe. 100% right. Dana White, I, I, pay your I fighters. See... Cut this bullshit exactly. out. Exactly. I see the argument that you're making of like, you know... Uh, it's, make... just, it's just one of concern, Joe. I love this sport, and I love it because you've got the best fighting the best. Yeah. Right, let's wrap it up. Tom, thank you so much for joining us, or joining me, and we'll be back next week to talk about uh, Ortega versus Rodriguez, and a preview of UFC London. I cannot fucking wait for that card. Yeah. Right, listeners, thank you for joining us, Tom. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. Thanks for that. I, I, I think we wanted to make a quick shout out, Joe, to uh, the man. You uh, Right now, hold on, I'm talking to brother's chief proponent. Uh, now I jest here, but we did have a bit of listener feedback recently oh, from yes. a certain. Uh, do you recall his name, Joe? No, I don't recall his name. <laughs> well, we're going to shout him out anyway. Uh, this is a man who who gave Hold us. Hold on, good... I'm shouting you out, brother. Hold on, I'm shouting you out. Joe's just pulling it up now. Uh, we do welcome any comments by email or indeed feedback on YouTube. Joe, you want to you want to give the listeners the email address for holding on, yes. talking, brother? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, hold on, brother sixty nine at gmail dot com. If you want to email in, of to course us. it is. Yeah, uh, like uh, our podcast, subscribe on iTunes or YouTube or Spotify. Yeah, uh, please Steve, do. And the, Steve Walker, way, thanks very much Steve for your Walker. input back on the on the last podcast. All right, thank Look you so much to Steve. hearing more from the fans, and see you next week, Joe. Yes, see you next week, listeners. Uh, goodbye. Bye bye.